0: What's up everybody, welcome to Good Wolf Radio, it's Jerry Scarlato. Today we're going to talk about how to start using critical thinking to change your life. How you can start using your mind so that you can process things differently. How to start using your brain so that you can maybe come out with some different thoughts, opinions, and ideas than what you currently have or believe that you have. Because the truth of the matter is a lot of our thoughts, opinions, and ideas currently are just the thoughts, opinions, and ideas of other people. And while there are very few, if any, actual original ideas anymore, like you have to be, by the way, next time I say like, outside of when I'm explaining this to you, yes, I'm talking to you. Sorry, sorry, people. Um, I got to say this to John real quick because I was listening to myself the other day and I'm like, I say like a lot. Anyway, have some like peanuts back there so that when I say like, you can throw them at me or you could throw a cup. Yes, you could certainly do that. It'll get my attention quicker. Like and so that'll work. Like and so I say so a lot. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I almost did it again. So, most of our ideas, most of our thoughts, most of our opinions come from the opinions of other people. We watch something, we look at something, we read something, and then we regurgitate the opinion. As I mentioned, there are very few original, actual original ideas anymore. Most ideas now, of course, are repurposed ideas, if you will, no matter if it's an invention, a new thing or whatever, it's just a repurposed idea or it's a combination of ideas put together and then processed differently. So that's not what I'm talking about when I say being able to have your own thoughts, opinions, and ideas. What I'm talking about is not just taking something somebody else said and then literally regurgitating it out, like taking a phrase from what you heard on Fox News and then regurgitating it to this person over here that you're having a debate with. Being able to actually process through things that you either see on TV, see on media, see on your phone, and being able to identify if it's something reasonable to believe or reasonable to pay attention to or something you need to look into or something that you need to clarify in order to know if it's actually the truth makes sense because what we like to do, which we're going to find out here in a little bit is to take things that confirm what we believe and confirm our opinions and then use them whether or not it is the truth, whether or not it's actually useful and whether or not there's any validity behind it. A big reason why we do this today, which I just in, went over in a, a couple of episodes ago, is because we spend so much time out on our phones listening to the opinions and thoughts of other people and not enough time sitting and thinking about our own thoughts and opinions. Thinking about what we actually believe and putting those ideas together and coming up with some sort of like... There it was. Some sort of... <laughs> some sort of cohesive thought that you can then use as your own. Again, it's not going to be an original thought. It's not going to be something completely new to the world because those are very rare and very few and far between. If if even available at all anymore. There are very few people that actually come up with an idea that has not been thought of Ever So that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about being able to come up with your own opinion based on the information that you gather and hopefully taking the information that you gather, gather and holding it up against some sort of scrutiny and going, is this information useful? Is this information valid? Is this information truthful? And am I looking at Enough information to be able to make an opinion. Because again, as people who like to confirm themselves, like to be right, we use information that confirms ourselves and makes us right, but we ignore other information that may not make us right, that may not confirm our thoughts, beliefs, and opinions. So... The goal is to be able to, I'm going to try not to stop every time I say so or like, so I apologize if I keep doing so. Let's move on. Every time you hear a thought or opinion, the goal is not to like go online and then research it. That's not the goal. The goal is not to overly scrutinize everything that is in front of you. Of course, some things it's just like, okay, the That doesn't, fine. Like, we can sit here and talk about things all we want. But when it comes to opinions and thoughts and topics that have to do with potentially impacting other people, having a big impact on your life, having a big impact on society, it might make sense to actually do some digging, actually do some looking To actually do some sort of background check on the information that you're getting instead of just searching for stuff that confirms what it is that you believe. So, what is critical thinking? Well, before I jump into that, I'll go ahead and tell you what's not going to happen during this next half an hour or so. What's not going to happen is we're not going to sit here and talk about types of logic and types of Ponans and types of fallacies and so forth we'll talk about those in a little bit but we're not going to talk about like dissect what actual critical thinking is and talk about where it comes from and so on because that's a literally a college course If you're a lawyer or if you're somebody who is into critical thinking or a philosopher or anything to that extent, that's not what this is about. We could talk about ponens and we could talk about fallacies and we could talk about logic and informal logic and, and, I'm sorry, informal fallacies and formal fallacies and so on and so forth. We could talk about those things, but that's not this conversation. This conversation is a basic, basic understanding of how we can understand critical thinking, and then start to use it in our lives so that we're not making biased judgments and making biased opinions and getting ourselves in a situation where we just have an opinion because someone told us to. So critical thinking is the ability to analyze information and then make judgments based on that information, which is very basic. But it's important that in the process of analyzing information, and then making making judgments off it, that you are aware of your biases. Every human being has them. Every single human being has them. The goal is to be more aware of them and then to not let them work against you as much as possible. Be aware of your assumptions, which we all know what happens when you assume things. And then to make sure that you are using similar analysis for the resources of your information. So when you're gathering information, you're not analyzing it based on certain criteria over here and then a different set of criteria over here. Based on what, we just, what I just said, society is doing the complete opposite of all of the above, of everything I just said. Society is using every single bias available to make decisions. Society is making lots and lots of assumptions to make decisions. And society is using one set of criteria over here and then the complete opposite set of criteria over here in order to judge information. That is is where society is, which is why I believe this conversation, even though it's only going to be a very small snippet of the importance of it, is... So important, knowing and understanding the importance of critical thinking and breaking things down and looking at them through a different lens so that you don't fool yourself and you are the easiest one to fool. That's important to know. That comes from Richard Feynman. Being able to do that will improve your life and therefore, if enough people do that, will improve society as a whole. And if that's the goal, if that's what we want, to live in a cohesive society where we can all have our own thoughts and opinions, because we can, that's what freedom is about. That's what humanity is about so that we can all have our own thoughts and opinions. That's what we need to be able to do, to look at someone else's thoughts and opinions and go, okay, that's your thoughts and opinions, and that's okay. And I can listen to you, and I can go, oh, well, that makes sense. I didn't think of it that way. Maybe I should think of it that way. Or maybe I should plug that into my current opinion and just shift it a little bit because it's okay. Because no one's right. No one. There are very few things that are black and white in life. Two plus two plus four is one of them. Other than that, and a number of other calculations as such, other than those, there are very few things that are black and white. Most things are just a different shade of gray. And it's up for you to decide what shade of gray you want to choose, but the goal is to Get closest, get as close to the truth, meaning as close to what is useful as possible. So, those are the three things that I want to look at during this conversation. Biases, assumptions, and using consistent standards in order to look at our sources, the sources of our information. So, first... Biases are one of the biggest downfalls of human beings. I'll go ahead and state that, and I'm, I'll say that confidently. But it's only because we're not aware of them. The goal, of course, is to become aware so that you don't let them control you, so that you understand that they're there, and so that you can start to slowly pick them apart and let them maybe work for you instead of work against you. Now, I don't have time to go over every single bias that we have as human beings. There are so many of them that it would require at least a handful of podcasts. But let's talk about three that get us in trouble. Number one is commitment and consistency. Commitment and consistency. As human beings, we like to be seen a certain way. And we like to be right in what we're doing. And we like people especially to think that we are good in what we're doing and that we we like people to see us as consistent. And so when we look for information, we look for information that is consistent with who we believe we are. And then we act in such a way that is consistent with who we believe we are. And we commit to things that is consistent with who we believe we are. So let me give you an example. When it comes to health and fitness, people, the downfall of most people's health and fitness is that they don't believe they're actually capable of achieving the things that they're trying to do, whether that's lose 50 pounds, whether that's starting to exercise, whether that's choosing to do different, a different diet or you know, changing your nutrition. That's the downfall of most people. What happens is you start to exercise and then you miss a day because something happened at work and so it threw you off track. And then next week you miss another day because you just weren't feeling all that good and so you didn't go work out. And then the next week, you miss two days because the kids had something to do that popped up, and then something else had something to do that popped up. And then the week after that, you miss every day. And then the week after that, you go for one day. But every one of those days that you miss, you have some sort of reason behind it. Eventually, after about six to eight weeks, you come up with the conclusion that this just isn't going to work out. I'm just not supposed to. I'm just not supposed to be a person that exercises. That may not be something that you say out loud, but that's something that you are believing in yourself. So you act consistency, consistently with who you believe you are. You believe that you're just not the type of person that's supposed to work out, so you act consistently with that. Another one is confirmation bias. Confirmation bias tells us that we seek information that confirms our beliefs we seek information that confirms our thoughts, our beliefs, our ideas and we don't seek or we purposely avoid information that says otherwise this is especially prevalent right now in politics if you have if you are if you define yourself as a liberal or you define yourself as a conservative, you will confirm those liberal ideas and only seek those liberal ideas, or you will confirm conservative ideas and only seek uh, conservative ideas. Whether or not the person that is delivering those ideas has any validity behind them, has any truthfulness behind them, if they are labeled a conservative, you, will, you are more likely to believe what they have to say than if a liberal is telling you something that actually follows along with your beliefs. So we only, we seek to confirm ourselves and that we're right and that our ideas are right and that our beliefs are right. And then the last thing, the last bias that I want to talk about is complexity bias. Complexity bias says that we tend to believe that the most likely thing that is right is the most complex idea, the most complex idea, not the simplest idea, because simple can't be right because it's too simple. It's the most complex idea that is most right. And this is why most people don't start their health and fitness journey because they don't believe that. The simple way to do health and fitness is to start exercising three to five days a week, change your nutrition from processed frankenfoods to mostly whole foods, and get quality sleep. And if you do those three basic things and you do it over time, you will get in the best shape of your life, hands down, no questions asked. It's that simple. It is that simple. I'm giving you the answer right now. Like It is that simple. The problem is, it's not complex, and so it doesn't seem that there, there has to be something else out there that makes it so that actually gives us better health and fitness. That actually gets me the results that I want has to be complex. Has to be some complex program or some complex diet or some supplement that I don't understand or I don't. I don't. Some. I got to buy this a thousand dollars worth of supplements and I got to take this one at noon and this one at one and this one on a nifty stomach and that one with food and this one was fat and that one with carbs. And if I don't, then I'm not going to get prep. No, not like that. And that's what we believe. And we believe that complex things generally are more the right answer than simple things. When most of, not most of the time, a lot of the time, the simple path is usually the path that should be taken. So those are just a couple of biases that get in our own way that lead us astray and get us to a point where we aren't using critical thinking and we're just using either the thinking of others or we are trying to confirm ourselves. We're trying to be consistent with who we believe we are and who everyone else believes we are. And so we act accordingly, even if it doesn't make sense in the moment. And then we choose to do complex things and believe complex ideas because they sound complex, so they must be right, they must be true. Another example is global warming. Global warming is a very complex idea. It's very complex. Now, I'm not sitting here telling you that global warming is right or wrong or that it is true or false, because again, it's probably some level of gray and not true or false. What I'm saying is, It's easy to buy into the idea of global warming because of how complex it is. So it's got to be true. And it's got to be what's wreaking havoc on everything. So being able to look at biases and understand the things that hold us from actually looking at things critically is very important. Next, assumptions. You know what assuming does, right? Jonna, what does assuming do? (laughs) Jonna, have you not heard the saying? Have you, I've said, you've heard somebody say that, have you? You know what assuming does? Makes an ass out of you and me. Have you heard somebody say that? Oh, good, I'm glad. I would have been very concerned if you had not. Because it spells ass, you, me. (laughs) there it is yes assumptions we have a bunch of underlying assumptions whenever we are whenever we're thinking whenever we're saying things whenever we gather opinions whenever we talk to people whenever we go into a situation There, there are tons of underlying assumptions all kinds of assumptions and Sometimes those assumptions work in our favor a lot of times though they work at our to a disadvantage. One assumption that is very dangerous and that gets in a lot of a lot of people in trouble and actually causes them to quit on their hopes and dreams is that we assume that loved ones want the best for us. Very dangerous assumption, not dangerous in the sense that loved ones aren't loved ones because they are they do care for you they do say that they want what's best for you but what a lot of loved ones want is what's best for you through their lens through their beliefs through their eyes and so when you say something to somebody that you're going to pursue something that you're going to quit your career and start a business or that you're going to try and lose 50 pounds or that you're going to go climb mount everest Whatever they say to you in return is simply their belief thrown onto you. So if they say, well, climbing Mount Everest is impossible. What if you die? How many people have died climbing Mount Everest? And you're going to get frostbite and all of these things are going to happen. All it's doing is showing their belief that climbing Mount Everest is hard, that they're scared of the cold And that they believe that more people die on Mount Everest than don't, which is not true. So understanding that although loved ones are loved ones does not necessarily mean loved ones want what's best for you. Loved ones want what is best through their beliefs. And so when you hear negative feedback or negative reinforcement from a loved one, it is not because they're looking at you through your capabilities and your lens, they're looking directly through their lens and spewing it out onto you, which is very unfair, not unfair, but unreasonable. Another dangerous assumption is that good people make good decisions. There are lots and lots of good people, and you've probably heard many stories about your next-door neighbor who is a good religious person and you know they they help people a lot and they do all these good things but they are i don't know getting foreclosed on their house or they have some bad you know circumstance falling on them not something like cancer or something that they can't necessarily control, but something that because of a decision that they made, it's causing some sort of hardship on them. And we look at that person and we go, how can that be? They're such a good person. Just because they're a good person doesn't make them a good decision maker. doesn't mean that they're good at making decisions. It just means that they're a good person. So the opposite is also true, and that bad people doesn't mean... They make bad decisions. When you look at a person who has lots of money, lots of perceived success, lots of, you know, things that society and culture deem as high achieving, and you go, well, that's a really bad person, though. How in the world could they have done that? Well, they made a lot of good decisions. They made a lot of good choices. They, had, they did a lot of things that you and I and a lot of other people, 90% of people, weren't willing to do. That's how they did it. It's that simple. So the assumption that good people make good decisions and bad people make bad decisions, bad assumption, not a good one. Another bad assumption is that doctors seek to do no harm. Do no harm is from the Hippocratic Oath. Actually, it's something different than do no harm. I forget the exact line, but... doctors, of course, don't intentionally do harm. They don't intentionally do harm, Of at least, you know, doctors that are still in practice. <laughs> they don't intentionally do harm. But we assume that they're striving to do again, what's best for us. And while Their own set of current biases have them believing that that might be the case. If their goal is to make us unsick and they're giving us medications which don't make us unsick, they just cover up the symptoms. They're not doing what's best for us, they're doing what's best for their current bias and belief. So, again, this is not a hey, doctors are bad people, doctors are doing harm on purpose kind of conversation because I don't believe that. Doctors are in a system where they are set to believe a certain set of beliefs and values, and based on that, they make decisions. And most of the decisions that they make are, here's a medication, take this medication, and it will dissipate your symptoms instead of actually make you a healthy, thriving person. So those are just, again, three assumptions that we make that lead us to poor thinking, that lead us to bad opinions, to un- unuseful opinions, maybe is a better way to put it, that lead us astray and that don't support us in our efforts to live a good, cohesive life. The final part of this critical thinking equation then, after biases and assumptions, is using the same standards to look at the sources of our information. Meaning, if someone tells us something, or we read something, or we watch something from a source over here, and then we hear something, read something, or watch something from a different source, that we're applying the same criteria to processing that information in both instances. This has just been thrown to the wayside, essentially, in society. Because we're going to go over three. Let's let's just go ahead. We're going to go over three examples of how we don't do this at all. We don't do this at all. First of all is people who just believe differently from you. If you're having a conversation with somebody and you're in a debate of some sort, the purpose of the debate is to hopefully get moved toward some sort of truth, to move toward some sort of truth. Now, what happens with most people is that when they get into debate, they're not trying to move toward truth. They're trying to Spew that they're right or prove that they're right. But you could be wrong. And as a matter of fact, statistically speaking, most of the time you are. So not, not completely, not always all the time, but statistically speaking, most of the time you're wrong. Which is okay. You're human. Welcome. So to be in a conversation with somebody and to be in a debate with somebody is to strive to work toward truth. And over on this side, that doesn't mean one of you gives up your belief on one side or the other. That's not what I mean by working toward truth. What I mean by working toward truth is this person over here moves maybe a little bit in this direction while this person over here that was down here, up here moves maybe towards this direction. So instead of us being way up top and way down low we've moved closer to understanding that that's the point of debate but we have a problem with that today today everything's black and white there is zero shades of gray and so if you disagree with me on one thing i'm just not going to listen to you about anything else is the rationale behind it there is none there's no rationality to that it is strictly emotional, biased, and deciding to just forego this person's thoughts and beliefs because they believe differently than you, which is what we call self-righteousness. But that's another conversation for another day. Now, again, I, most people do this. I I would go ahead and argue that all people do this to some degree or another, myself included. The question is, how much do you do it? How how stringent are you on only listening and talking to people who have the same beliefs that you do? And when you hear a belief that is not your belief, do you shut your ears off and don't listen? Or do you yell louder to try and get them to listen to you? Or what do you do? Because all we're trying to do right now is yell louder. And you assume that yelling louder means that people are actually paying attention and listening, but it really just means that all they're going to do is yell louder at the same time. So there's actually no hearing going on, just a bunch of yelling. Doesn't make for anything useful, doesn't make for a useful conversation, doesn't make for working toward the truth or understanding. It just makes for more yelling. So that's one way in which we don't apply the same standards in one conversation versus the other. With this person over here who I agree with, I'm going to go ahead and talk with you, and I'm going to nod my head every time you say something. With this person over here who says one thing that I don't agree with, I'm going to shut my ears off to you, and I'm not going to listen. Another way in which we do this is in people with, uh, within different groups. And the example that I already gave earlier is, conservatives or Republicans versus Democrats versus Republicans and Democrats. Republicans. We tend to put people into buckets. You're either a Republican or a Democrat, which is not true. Both Republicans and Democrats have the opposites values in them. And yet because we do that, when we do, we don't listen to the other person. Republicans don't listen to Democrats, and Democrats don't listen to Republicans, and they assume, they assume that the other party just wants evil for their party. That's what they assume. Again, a dangerous territory. I heard a saying once, and I forget, I forget where, I hear, where I heard it. I want to say I heard Alex Hormozzi say it maybe on Chris Williamson's podcast, Modern Wisdom. But anyway, we don't like to learn from people we don't agree with, but we can strive to learn the most from people we don't agree with, from people in another group. You can learn things from bad people, in other words. You can learn things from people who you deem as not in your group, and probably you will learn more from that person than you do from people in your group, because presumably people in your group all think the same, and because of that, you have nothing to learn. All you're doing is talking about the same things over and over again. So not only do you have more to learn, you have more to grow from, from another group as well. That doesn't mean that you take on their beliefs. That doesn't mean that you suddenly shift what you believe. But again, the point is to get to the truth and what's helpful and what's useful in understanding. Not to, I'm right and you're wrong. Because that's not the case. It never has been in society and it never will be. So we can't put ourselves into buckets and then assume that we're going to find a place that we can tend to agree. And we certainly can't block this person's opinion off because they're in this bucket over here and not in my bucket. Because you have more to learn from this person over here than you probably do from most of the people in your bucket. And then the last way we deviate our standards is age. We look at older people, and we think that they're old and senile, and that they don't know what they're talking about. And we look at younger people, and we think they're too, they're too young and naive to know what to think, and so we just don't pay attention to them. A perfect example of that, again, I don't know why I'm talking about politics so much today, so I apologize about that, but it just it's just what, what's happening now. Um, a perfect example of that is Joe Biden. Joe Biden is an old person, 81 years old or however old the dude is. And Republicans are like, that dude's old and we shouldn't listen to him. And it's like, yeah, well, he probably, yeah, he's doing a bunch of dumb crap. But like, you know, my, my dad is also 80 years old. And while he's stubborn and hardheaded, he's a freaking smart person. His age has nothing to do with whether or not he's old or dumb. Well, not old or dumb. Dumb or not useful. Like, Donald Trump's also 78 or 79 or something like that. So, like, age, does it have something to do with it? Yes, it plays a part, certainly. But when you cut someone's, when you cut their head off, despite their face, and you're completely missing some potential to learn some potential to understand the same with young people and by young people you I can you can say teenagers you can say 10 year olds you can even say five year olds for that matter we look at a seven year old that says something like oh I want to be an astronaut and you can think oh you're so naive and cute you just don't know what the world's gonna do to you and how it's going to eat you up and blah 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 But maybe that person's going to be an astronaut. Like, why do we have to push our own beliefs and biases and assumptions onto a child? Because this is what the child believes. So breaking apart ideas and breaking apart sources based on certain categories and what you believe and using a different set of criteria Criteria. In different situations is not useful. It's not useful and it's actually very dangerous. So biases, assumptions, and not having a set of criteria, a standard set of criteria to look at our sources leads us to uncritical thinking, leads us to biased thinking, leads us to making assumptions, and leads us to being closed off to other views that may actually open doors to a better way to look and do things. So then how can we start changing how we're thinking so that we can be more open to ideas and so that we can be more, use more critical thinking to start to change our lives? Again, it's worth understanding that this isn't about completely changing your beliefs that's not what i'm that's not what i'm suggesting and that's not what i'm telling you that you should do what i'm suggesting is that you should have very strong beliefs but they should be loosely held i think it was charles munger who said that you should have very strong beliefs and they should be loosely held meaning when you believe them especially if they're if it's something that's very useful and something that is you know worth being a strong belief about, believed it. Yeah, yes, I believe it. But when you're confronted with potentially useful, disconfirming evidence and information, then it's time to question it. That's just the way that it is. For instance, I am a firm believer that weightlifting. If you were only to choose one form of exercise, I'm a firm believer that weightlifting is the form of exercise that you should choose. It's going to give you the most bang for your buck. It's going to be, it's going to give you the mobility, flexibility, strength, endurance. Like it'll give you the vast majority of the benefits that you're looking for. I'm a firm believer of that because most research shows and supports that. Not all, but a lot of it does. And yet at some point, I'm going to be prepared to, I have to be prepared to not believe that if some evidence shows up that that's not the case. I also used to believe and work out and train people as such that the best way to train was split body training. Meaning on day one, you did chest on day two, you did arms on day three, you did legs on day four, you did back on day five, you did shoulders on day six, you did calves on day seven, you did abs and then you repeated after that. Maybe not that split, but you get the point. And that's how a lot of people still train. Currently, I don't believe that that's the most effective way to train, not even if you're trying to put on muscle. So you just have to be prepared to confront your beliefs and be prepared to change them when and if disconfirming information shows up. So how can we start doing that? One thing that we can do is when we go into an argument, don't assume that you're right. Don't go into the argument assuming that you're right. That doesn't mean that you go in and try and prove yourself wrong necessarily, but that means you don't go in with a closed mind. Most people go into an argument with a complete closed mind and all they're trying to do is yell their opinion louder instead of saying something and then letting the other person say something back and then going, Oh, well, here's something that counters that. And then hearing something back and going, Huh, I didn't think about it that way. And then bouncing back and forth that allows for open dialogue and the ability to move towards something useful. Instead of going into it, going, I'm going to have this conversation. I'm going to win this conversation. What are you trying to win? Like, you're not going to leave with a trophy. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. So even if you yell louder than the other person, they're still going to believe the same. And they're also going to believe you're an asshole in the, at the same time. Because they're going to be like, that dude just yelled the whole time. He didn't want to talk about anything. So when you go into a conversation, go into it. Not assuming that you're wrong, but don't go in assuming that you're right. Another thing that you can do in order to have, like, think more critically is to be able to articulate the opposite side's ideas better than they can. The issue is we, we, are, we live in a bubble and we are fed the information that we most connect ourselves with. We surround ourselves mostly with people who have our same beliefs. Social media feeds us a bunch of crap that confirms that and doesn't let us see anything else unless we go seek it out. So all it's doing is confirming everything. And so into within all of that, we don't we don't get any other information. Like we don't see the, quote, opposite side and the information that they have. So being able to have and understand what's going on on the opposite side and being able to articulate that only confirms your belief more. That's what most people don't get. Most people think that if I'm studying the opposite side and I'm trying to understand the opposite side, then that means that I'm trying to move that way. But all that means is, If you've looked at all the evidence over here and you still believe this, I mean, that should give you a deeper belief in what you believe. So if you can articulate the counter argument and explain the counter argument better than the person or the side that you're talking to, you have, you have pit, you have critically thought through the process. You've critically thought through both sides. You've critically thought through ideas and assumptions and biases and, and everything, and you've applied a standard of, of, um, applied standards to each one of these sources to go, I looked at this openly, I looked at this openly and I've been able to say, yep, I, this is what I still believe. And if that's the case, you should be able to believe it more because of that. And then the last thing that we can do is when in doubt just ask more questions. Ask more questions. One thing in society today that just drives me crazy is because it's you sit here and watch people talk and uh, over it's just This person just says something. And then that person says something. And then this person says something. And then that person says something. And then this person says something. And then that person says something. And there's no conversation have like happening. All that's happening is like, they're, they're just having a conversation with themselves based on kind of what this person is saying over here. You've seen it happen. If you know what I'm talking about, like when they're not hearing what each other is saying and they're not listening to what each other is saying, but they're just telling a story, like I'm going to tell my story and then I'm going to say the, a different story and then I'm going to say a different story and then I'm going to say a different story. And all that's happening is they're just trying to one up each other's story. Then there's no conversation happening. One way to understand the people better and to understand ideas better and to be able to critically think about things better is to ask more questions to get to a better understanding. And most people think that they have to come up with some sort of rebuttal in order to stay in the conversation or in order to prove their point right. But if the point of conversation is to be able to move toward the truth and to get to a better way of thinking and a better way of doing things, Then, if you don't actually have a good rebuttal, why not just ask more questions so you can start to understand their point better, so you can start to understand and know what they're thinking. And maybe you can start to use some of that in your own thinking and in your own way of doing things. Critical thinking opens your ability to view the world differently and to understand the world differently part of what we need to do is step back from our screen step back from our phone give ourselves space I've said I have episodes and episodes on that and I'm sure I'll do more episodes on it so I'm not going to go into that but that's where this starts is being able to step away from the information from the constant onslaught of just jibber-jabber going on in your ears and in your eyes and processing and thinking through the things that you hear and thinking through the things that you believe and putting them together and going and talking to people that you don't agree with, that have differing beliefs in you and trying to understand why they have those beliefs. Not so that you can have a different belief, which you may, which is okay, but so that you can just understand And you may actually be able to utilize some of the information that they give you, which will make your life better, which will make your life better. One thing I ask you to do is to send this to somebody that you think could use a little more critical thinking in their lives. Not because you think they're a dumb person, because you just go, you know, they might be able to need a little bit of help thinking through things right now. Send this to them so that they can start to look at things differently. Until until that happens, if we continue to be blinded as a society, we will continue down the same path. If we get to a point where we can be open to different ways of thinking, not that we have to start thinking those different ways, but we can be open to different ways of thinking, then I would, Actually, I would say be open to different ways of thinking again, again, then we will get to and move toward a cohesive society. Until then, expect the same. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.